Well, good morning. Welcome back. Feels good to be back to normal, doesn't it? Some of you agree, some of you don't. Let me set this up. Welcome Doug and Jennifer Lawson. Most of you know Doug and Jennifer. Some of you may not, uh, so they may be new to you. Uh, But we wanted to take some time before they leave Sunday to go back to Kenya and just kind of catch up a little bit. They've been here for a little bit uh, over Christmas break. Uh, But I just wanted to kind of hear again from them what they're doing, uh, some things that have been going on and things that will be going on. Uh, And then also what I'm going to preach this morning will kind of go along with with them, but also the Burdettes here. So I don't want to forget them. Uh, Nicole, Rob and Nicole Burdett and the girls are here from Southeast Asia, are going to be here for six months, and so make sure you get by to see them as well. Um, but we love our Go Partners. I don't know if you guys know that. Um, I don't know if you know that as much as I do, uh, but I love spending time with every one of them. Um, I feel a little freer in this service because I'm not constrained with time, but I'm not going to go long on you. Um, but, I, but there's so much I want to say. I, I do want to remind you this morning, right now, our church plan in Boston, J.D. and Natalie Mangrum, are meeting for the very first time for their preview service in negative three-degree weather. Um, I don't know if it's warmed up or not. Maybe it has a little bit. But uh, they had 17-plus inches this week, and so they're going to church. Um, and, and I was complaining about 19-degree weather with the sun out. Um, so remember them this morning, as I know they've had lots going on. Uh, to prepare for this and uh, just seeing what God's going to do. So to say all that, I want to get back to the Lawsons. And um, Doug, I know a lot of people here know you guys, know that you're there with Water Mission. Um, We're in Uganda. But I want you to kind of just remind the people what you do and then this new position that you took. Why are you in Kenya? I mean, (laughs) why did y'all take off to Kenya this year instead of staying in Uganda? So Uh, That's a good question. Sometimes we ask ourselves (laughs) the same thing. Uh, but uh, we were in Uganda. My primary role with Water Mission was uh, leading the technical department. Uh, so I was doing a lot of engineering work and a lot of uh, field installations of water systems. And uh, about a year ago, uh, Water Mission had a need for a director over uh, Kenya. And uh, they presented us with the option of, of taking that position. So we, we prayed about it and thought about it for a while. And uh, really, it seemed like the next step for us. Uh, so we accepted that offer. And so now uh, what I'm doing is more of a management type of role, uh, but uh, God's increased our territory. Instead of just being over Uganda, now we're over Kenya and Malawi. Uh, Malawi is another country in East Africa. Uh, so it's a, it's a smaller country, but uh, God's given us a, a new territory, a new uh, people group, several people groups, and uh, it's an it's a exciting opportunity, but also with a lot of new difficulties, learning a new role, uh, finding out how we can plug in in a new, uh, new country. It's kind of learning things all over again. Right. Transition been all right as far as water mission goes, uh, moving into that role and how the team accepts you and things like that. Yes, well, of course they have to accept the boss, right? right. <laughs> no, uh, it, it's, it's like a family again. Uh, so we were very close with the folks in Uganda. Uh, they were just like our family. Great group of uh, believers that work with Water Mission. And uh, same thing in Kenya and Malawi. It's a, it's a wonderful group, about 20 to 25 folks in each of the country programs. 
and uh, they've accepted us as, as one of their own, and um, we're able to go out and into the communities and um, do assessments and field installations and uh, follow-up, so it's a, it's a great opportunity. Good, good. Let me ask you a question, Jennifer. I'm going to hand this off to you and ask just about some of the ministries you guys have been involved in in Uganda, and I know we've talked a little bit about that, and then maybe some of the things that are going to be coming up in Kenya in the new year. Okay, in Uganda, we had a lot of uh, ministries, of course, because we were, we were there for three years. So we had a lot set up. We have been with support from uh, the church and from others. We've had, I think, 42 kids in the sponsorship program for school. In Uganda, we've had uh, two adult education classes. We've had two, three tailoring classes now, and two of them will graduate in February. And then in Kenya... We've started doing a reading glasses ministry, so many of you contributed reading glasses. I think the first session we handed out maybe 85 reading glasses, which is really cool. We take um, the Bibles there for them to test their glasses with, so we have a Swahili Bible for them uh, to, to do and read to make sure that they can see with the reading glasses and which ones are best. And then we also have a hospital ministry that we're trying to get involved with where we take fruit to the hospital. The government hospitals there, um, really, they give you a bed, a metal bed. You have to supply sheets. You have to supply gloves for the doctors. You have to supply um, medicines. If they give you a prescription, somebody has to leave and go get it and bring it back for them to give you uh, everything. So it's it's a different world. If you're going to eat, somebody's going to bring you food. So... Um, we take fruit to the hospital and hand out along the wards and uh, milk to the maternity ward and the children's ward. So we try to do that. And then we're looking forward to um, going back and visiting several villages with the pastor that we've met right before we left and hopefully get involved in a village church just the same as we were in Uganda. You haven't found a kind of a church to settle down in yet, right? Not yet. Okay. Yeah, the the pastor we're talking about meeting with, uh, he's overseeing like 70 Baptist churches, all from, you know, a small meeting under a mango tree to, you know, a structure. So what we're looking for is more of the mango tree ministry where uh, they have a local pastor that needs somebody to come alongside them with support and training, that kind of thing. Um, so today we're going to talk a little bit about holding the rope. You've heard me say this before. Um, hopefully, if not, there it is. Um, but that, that phrase comes from a, a famous missionary named William Carey uh, back in 1793. I'm not going to claim to know everything about his life, but I do know this, that before he went to India to start his ministry, he told Andrew Fuller, a friend of his, he said, I'll go to the pits if you'll hold the rope. And what he was saying was basically, I'll go to India and I'll reach the lost and we'll preach the gospel, but you got it back home support us and that might mean physical support spiritual support um, emotional support but he knew the 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 huge task of going to India Um, and so I asked the Lawsons too also to 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 let us know what does it mean as a as a husband as a father um, also as a mother uh, and wife what does it mean to know that a church back home uh, many miles away is is praying for you is physically giving is coming to see you uh, at a trip, what does that mean to you guys? 
It, it means a great deal. It means the world to us to have someone holding the rope, someone uh, thinking about us and praying for us. So on a, on a spiritual level, uh, prayer uh, can move mountains. And to know that we have someone or many someones praying for us uh, gives us a lot of comfort. Uh, so as, as a husband, as a father, when I'm traveling, I know that uh, my family's covered in prayer. Uh, during difficult times when we're seeking ministry opportunities, I know that we're covered in prayer from Mount Airy and from others. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, somebody in, in the choir, a gentleman came up to me and said, you know, I, I pray for you daily. He, he sets a, an alarm at, I think, 10 a.m. and says, you know, it may not be a long prayer, but I, I pray for you daily. And that, that means the world to me to know that uh, someone is praying for us and other ministry partners. Uh, so prayer uh, gives us comfort and gives us um, the opportunity to see God working. Uh, also, on the, on the spiritual side of things, it's, it's good to also be fed. So uh, Mount Airy puts their sermons online. And so when our power is working and our Internet is working, yeah. uh, we can go online and, and uh, stream some sermons and uh, we're able to take part in, in some of the um, uh, revival that yeah. you had. So we, we got up at 2 a.m. or whatever it was because <laughs> it was a live event. And so that was good. It, it's great to have encouragement from uh, folks back home. Jennifer, what about you as a mom of two boys, homeschooling them, uh, enough of a job there in your house to take care of? What does it mean to have friends, uh, church members, just knowing that that spiritual family is there supporting you. What does that mean for you? So I told Chris I didn't really want to talk uh, a whole bunch because this is why, but I will cry. <laughs> um, it's, it's huge. It, it makes a huge difference. Um, I have several people that send messages, at least weekly probably, sometimes daily if they know something's going on when we went through elections or um, some other crazy times that we've had since we moved to Kenya that we had to, to leave for and things like that. Um, it's, it's, it's a big deal just to know that not only they send you the message to say, I'm praying for you, but they follow up to say, you know, how are things going or how is today or even with school um, difficulties there that we've had this year. So um, it's, it's huge. When Doug travels, or the water mission team in general, um, Kenya's not as safe as Uganda, where we live particularly is, is safe. We feel comfortable where we are, but they have to travel to, to harder places. So um, I, I feel safe when they're gone in our home. So safe is a relative term. We still have guards 24 hours a day and all those things, but... Uh, just for knowing that people are praying for them to be safe on the road. And um, just, yeah, it's, it's big. It's huge. And, and just you mentioned a while ago about the glasses and the fruit and all that stuff. Without the giving, that would be hard, would it not? So. It would be impossible. Um, you know, <clears throat> we, of course, we, we make a salary and, and we're able to live there in Kenya, but to do other ministries like that, um, yeah, it's impossible. First of all, it's impossible to get those things over there. So having them bought here and sent to us and 
various ways is huge to just um, be able to open other doors to share the gospel. It's a, you know, you don't think reading glasses is that big of a deal, but when you, you know, you have 85 people or more show up, and the only thing they can do is read the Bible to, to tell you that their, their glasses work, then, you know, it can make a big impact. Awesome. That's awesome. Thank you all. Yeah, I'd, I'd say also a, a physical way that the church supports us, not only uh, financially through, through monthly givers, is sending teams over. Uh, so I think we have a, a team coming in, is it July? June. Uh, and that means a great deal to us. It's, it's a stressful time preparing for that, but to see how uh, lives are changed, uh, the team going out into the community, uh, seeing people saved, seeing people you know, furthering their knowledge of Jesus Christ uh, so that then they can go and reach others. That's a huge deal. But not only for the people there, uh, we've heard time and time again, it's a huge deal for the people going. Uh, when they come back here, uh, their lives are changed. They look at things from a somewhat different perspective. Uh, so we've heard about even marriages strengthened through you know, short-term mission trips. That's awesome. Uh, so that's a that's a physical way that uh, Mount Airy can hold a rope. That's awesome. Thank you guys so much for what you do. Uh, the Lawsons will be preparing to go back home Sunday. So would you pray for them? Um, I'm going to just pray for you right now. I know I didn't do that early service, but I want to pray for you guys as you get ready to go. Let's pray. Father God, I just want to thank you so much for the Lawsons and, and the sacrifices that they have made uh, to live in Africa, Father, but also just I know what a joy it is to know they're serving you and being obedient. So, God, would you help them just to remain faithful? Uh, just give them wisdom in the decisions that they need to make in the future. And, uh, Father, all that, that they have, Lord, uh, even just taking care of their family and the, and the jobs that they have, God. Lord, would you use them to take the gospel to a people that, that may never hear it? Lord, we thank you for the opportunity we have to support them, not only through prayer and giving, but, God, to go. I pray that you would challenge us, Lord, this morning, that, that we would be committed to knowing that, Lord, we can be an encouragement, we can be a part of what God's doing uh, in the nations. And, Lord, we just thank you so much for what you're going to do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Um, this morning, what I want to do is I want to walk through the next few weeks, through, through minutes, uh, and, and go to uh, John, uh, the third book of John, uh, in the back of your New Testament. You can go ahead and turn there. Uh, but I want to talk about how important, what the need is and how important it is to support our missionaries that go on the field. Um, as you see with the Lawsons, you could hear from their heart, you could hear from Jennifer's heart, um, that it's not easy. It's, it's not easy to, to take off from your family and a church like this to go to a place where you're looking for a church under a mango tree. Um, now, you know, there are a lot of difficulties, a lot of, a lot of strains on a family, um, I want to talk to you first, before we get to the text, I want you to hear, here's three needs that I think, uh, why it's so important to hold the rope, as William Carey said. For us to stay back here, to hold the rope for these mission partners that we have across the world. Three things. Number one, it's a spiritual thing. Um, I, I said this morning earlier, uh, going to Thailand, especially uh, last, last year, the year before, I can't remember how long it's been now, um, but it was so dark in a place like that. Um, and, and it and it's, can be that in all the places that we have partners, but, but the spiritual lostness, it just puts this heaviness on your soul and your heart as a believer. When you walk into a place, especially at Thailand or even Boston, you walk into a place and people don't believe what you believe, that they have completely different views from what you know to be the truth. 
And so that's, that's hard to work through. There's, there's, there's also temptations. That, I mean, every single one of us have temptations here in America, but, but even the temptations that, that come along with living in another place and not having that accountability with friends and loved ones that, that we have here in the state. So it's, it's a spiritual thing. It's not only a spiritual thing, but it's a physical thing. As you heard, the, the gospel has gone forward in, in people's lives because now they can see the Bible. I, I mean, it's one thing not to have it written in your language, which they do, but not to be able to read it. We saw that in Costa Rica. We saw families coming and they would take it and just can't see it. And so just to have, have the funds to be able to, to give out those glasses and the ministry that goes on <clears throat> at the hospital. Not only a spiritual thing, not only a physical thing, but an emotional thing. It's very emotional on the field. Uh, we have talked to partners, all of our partners, I, I talk to them regularly. I try to every month at least connect with the families and, and, and see what's going on. Excuse me, I started coughing today. <clears throat> what's going on in their life, not just in their, in their ministry part, but what's going on in life? What's happening? What, what are the decisions you have to make? What, what's going on in your life? I, I talked to J.D. A, a few times, and the hardest thing up north is when you go outside for, for four or five months of a year, and it's gray skies, and it's negative three, and there's 17 inches of snow on the ground, you know what, that's not only a physical trial, that's an emotional trial as well. I've talked to many of them, Tony and Beth, and, and just the, the, the mental strain <coughs> on dealing with things like that as they come to church. And so <coughs> it's not just the spiritual, physical, and emotional. But listen to this. I, I found this quote. <coughs> Excuse me. The loneliness and disappointment due to a lack of tangible support. Can, not, can lead not only to disconnection, but downright dysfunction. <coughs> is that not true here? How true is that for us here as Christians? That, that when there's, there's loneliness and disappointment in our life, and no, not having the support, how important do we say all the time, how important is our community that we have in this church? Not just the church, but our families. And, and I believe that's the same thing for our partners and why it's so important for us to hold the rope for them as they go off into the pit of darkness, into the pit of lostness, to a place where, where people don't know the Lord and, and are far from the Lord and what we can do back home. I want you to look at the third letter of John. I found this great example of this, and, and we're, we don't know all the details of what's taking place in this letter, but we know enough to know that, that God has given us an example, but also has given us a charge as a church of believers. In the third letter of John, John starts off and he says this, the elder to the beloved, Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers, I want you to remember that, that the brothers, when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for who? These brothers that were testifying before, right? He says, strangers as they are who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name accepting nothing from the Gentiles. 
Therefore, we ought to support people like these that we may be fellow workers for the truth. He goes on to talk about a a man that is not doing so well in this job and not such a good example of supporting these traveling missionaries as we see. But one of the things that we see in this passage is this, that the, the... The job that Gaius has done, the faithful effort that he has given to to welcome in these traveling missionaries, it has gotten back to John. Through who? The brothers he helped. That they have testified, and it made such an impact for them to know that there is someone there that is holding the rope for them, that is supporting them. Whether it be physical, financial, whether it be just emotional, whether it just be a, a spiritual prayer for them on a daily basis. But something is happening here that we see is so important that John sees fit to write back to Gaius and say, this is a big deal. This is a big deal because these folks decided to sacrifice a whole lot to leave out, to be sent out for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of the name. Uh, listening to the songs we just sang, uh, I got saved. Uh, you know, God changed me because of what Christ did on the cross of Calvary. Because of what God did through his son, Jesus Christ, my life has been changed. And these missionaries in, the, in, the John, in 3 John all of a sudden felt a need to go out and preach that, to preach that gospel. Who's Gaius? I mean, we, don't know, we don't know anything else about him. It's a, it's a popular name, we know that, but here probably just the, the same, this, this is the only thing we hear about him in the New Testament, but John sees and takes notice and says, because of your faithfulness, because of the effort that you gave to these traveling missionaries, been noticed. Because of what you did. And I, and I love the example he gives us, not only that he did this, but listen to this in, in verse 8. Therefore, we ought to support people like these. We, we are obligated, John says, that we may be fellow, what? Workers for the truth. Co-laborers, as some translations say. That just because of Gaius' support, just because he welcomed these people into his home, he was a fellow worker for the truth. This speaks volumes to us as a church. Think about this. Whether we go or not, what we do here has a huge place in supporting those and being a part of God's kingdom. Being co-laborers in the truth by praying for those that go out, by giving to those that go out. You have a responsibility and a calling to, to hold the rope for those that are willing to go. I want to read something to you uh, that I got this week from Tony and Beth and I thought, man, this is, this is good. This is, I've asked all of our partners um, you know, to kind of walk through what does it mean uh, for our church to support you in, in the ways that they do in prayer and giving and going. And how does that impact your life? And Tony, uh, his old soul here, uh, he says this. Let me say words cannot express nearly enough what the fellowship and partnership of believers at Mount Airy has meant to us. But I will try. Firstly, your all's personal faith in the Lord Jesus and the example of your lives is a constant source of encouragement to us. Just your obedience to the Lord reminds us that striving for God's glory is so worth it. Being out here on the mission field and surrounded by a world that does not value Jesus can be wearying. But your all's love for the Lord is a refreshment to us. It helps us to hold fast to our faith in Jesus. Don't underestimate all that God is doing through your example Every day, And secondly, your all's obedience to the Great Commission has practically advanced the gospel here in Cleveland. 
because of the trips that you all have taken over the years, people here in Cleveland have heard the good news of Jesus and have been served in Jesus' name who otherwise would not have been. So all your partnership has been a continual answer to our prayers. I I, I highlighted that because, listen to this, your partnership has been a continual answer to our prayers. You're an answer to the prayers that happen in Cleveland, Boston, and Africa, and Thailand. Thirdly, you're all supportive of us personally, prayerfully, and financially has made the work of the gospel possible here. We know we are not alone. We know we're relying on God's strength. The lost are being found in the building up of a church body that previously did not exist in this place. So we are tremendously blessed by you all, and things just wouldn't be the same without you guys. We love you all in the Lord. I think I can probably speak for all of our partners that because of what you do and what you give and what you say in, in coming means the world to them. And just like John sees and, and hears about the testimony of Gaius and welcoming these brothers into his home, that is what we do. That is what we will continue to do uh, on, a, on an ongoing basis. And what you have an opportunity to do here is larger just than the little church, Mount Airy. What we have an opportunity to do is bigger than, than anything that we could imagine. This is the kingdom work. That when we begin to pray for those that are out, that sacrifice to go, when we begin to give to the causes like Lottie Moon, Annie Armstrong, or any other project like in Africa, these things that we do, when we begin to go on trips like this and we begin to encourage those that stay to follow up with believers and see the name of Christ go out. J.D. said this, it's almost like the little C church coming to encourage the big C church that we are a bigger part of something than we know kingdom is not just Mount Airy. I love that we have this example in the third letter of John that now because of our support, because of us holding the rope for the Lawsons, the Burdettes, the Mangrams, and the Lissettos, we are fellow workers in the truth. We are co-laborers even from back home. I want to give you three ways that you can hold the rope. Three easy ways that we can continue to hold the rope for those that go. And, and, and I cannot stress this enough, how important it is for these that do this. As I talk to them on an ongoing basis, you can hear it in their voices sometimes when things are not good. You can hear it in their voices sometimes when things are a little overbearing and it's a little difficult. When the strains of life get real. When, when they don't have the nice, beautiful building to come into and worship with a nice sound equipment and the lights and, and hear the good preaching that we get to hear from our pastor on a regular basis, it's difficult. When you hear in other languages and you're struggling just to learn the language of people you're trying to minister to. So what can we do as a church? What is it that we and our responsibility, what is it that God has called us to do? I think there's three things and I've mentioned these before and I'll continue to mention these. And to remind us, how do we hold the rope? Number one, we pray daily. We pray daily. Not, not, not you know, when I think about it. But I, but I find ways to remind myself to pray for them every single day while they're on the field. They've made a huge sacrifice. Sacrifice that I'll never understand right now sitting in this seat or in this church. They've made a sacrifice not only for themselves but for their families. And the decisions that they have to make for their kids. That every day that we wake up, find a way, just like the gentleman that, that talked to Doug, find a way to put in your phone a reminder that, hey, 
I'm praying for our Go partners as they're out doing whatever they're doing. Find ways to encourage them through prayer. Not just praying silently, but maybe sending them a, a quick word of saying, hey, I'm praying for you. I was thinking about you. What, what is it that's going on? What, how can I pray for you? I, I think one of the ways that I've been kind of made aware of ways that I can pray is watch the news. You know, being aware of what's going on in Kenya with elections. If, if I'm not watching the news and hearing about that, I don't really know what they're having to go through. But to know that there's stuff going on in the news that I can pray for them as they begin to, to struggle through that. So pray daily for them. Not only that we pray spiritually. Pray for the spiritual darkness that is there. Pray, God, that, that it would cast a light in their lives and help them to spread that light to those around them. Pray for their physical needs. Pray for their emotional needs. Pray for their mind. That God would, would do something to encourage them through other people and, and other missionaries that are out on the field. Maybe other believers that would come alongside them. Please, I encourage you, I beg you, pray for them daily. As, as Gaius says, he says, we ought to support people like these. That, that idea of we ought to is, is an obligation, it's a responsibility, John says. We pray daily for those. We also give regularly. I'm going to tell you something. I don't think our church has ever, ever been bad at giving. I mean, I, I just, the times I've been here, our church is always about making sure we give to the cause. We know the mission is the mission is to make disciples, and our church has been about that, to make disciples in our neighbors and in the nations. And, and a lot of that takes money, like we talked about with the glasses, with the fruit, with the other ministries that go on in other places. It takes money. And because you give on a weekly basis, money is going into our partners' pockets so that they can do the ministry that God has called them to do. Churches are being started. People are becoming to know Christ because we give on a regular basis. And a lot of churches, they, and I've heard people say this, I don't go to that church because all they talk about is money. Well, you know what? God is using that money to extend His kingdom. for People to know Him. There are people in some of the places that we have missionaries that have never heard the name of Jesus. And if it wasn't for the, the funds that you send and, and the missionaries that we send over and the, and the teams that we go with, they may never know. Lottie Moon right now, I think in our bulletin says we raised about 50000 I think it's over that. I think we're close to our goal of $57,000 in a month's giving for Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Because of that, people like the Burdettes can stay another year in a country where the lostness is so strong and the gospel is not. Now they have an opportunity to go back. Some of you give on a regular basis for that. Find ways to give. Use your family to do that. Pray daily. Give regularly. And the third one is go periodically. Take a trip. I think the Burdettes and Loss is perfect because they're sitting here and because they went on a short-term mission trip, I think Rob told me at Charleston, uh, Nicole had been on some other things Lawson's in, in Indonesia they came back from those knowing this is what we want to do now some of you that might sound scary because you think well if I go on a mission trip God's going to call me to Africa maybe not but maybe maybe God will call you to plant a church somewhere else maybe God's working in your heart right now that you're just you're itching to say I got to get out of here because I feel like God's saying to do something you know what we need to be obedient to what God's calling is, and some of us are called to go. Not every single one of us is called to leave this building. 
Some of us are called to stay here to support those that go out to reach our neighbors, but not the nations per se like that. But we can all take a trip. You want your life to be changed? Go to Thailand or Africa. Go to Boston or Cleveland. You want to see and have a new view on the kingdom of God and God's kingdom work? Go on a trip. I'm telling you, you begin to, your eyes begin to be open to what God is doing in the world around us. You're not going to get it from watching the news. You're not going to see the impact that God is having in the world just watching Channel 4. But when you go and you see what the missionaries are doing on the field and you see what, what is happening in the midst in these communities where the gospel is not, but all of a sudden the gospel has been brought, lives are being changed. And you can have a place in that. I love when we go on these trips and we talk to these partners and a lot of times they say what an encouragement it is for our, your teams to come to us. What is an encouragement for you to come and just bless us? And, and they love hanging out with our teams. Can't get enough of it. I told J.D. and them last time, I said, you got to leave, buddy. We can't have you here all night. But they love spending time with our teams and being encouraged from that because it's not every day you get to see white folk come in your neighborhood, Right? We hold the rope. We hold the rope. It's a spiritual thing. It's a physical thing. It's an emotional thing. But we have the example that God gives us here in Gaius where he said, you know what? This, this simple old guy, we don't know anything about, but he was walking in the truth. And he just knew this is what we're called to do. Called to love those that have been sent out. And for the sake of the name, they've gone out. The least I can do is offer them a place to stay. The least I can do is pray for them. The least I can do is maybe give a little bit of my money to, to that ministry, support them, and to see the gospel begin to spread where it's never spread before. We have a responsibility. I'm going to say this, and I mean this with all my heart. Our church has been holding the rope a good bit and for a good while and is doing a good job. We have a great church that loves not only our people in our community, but loves the nations. We have a church that sees the need and the reason why we go. And I believe all the more right now we need to support our missionaries that go out. We need to do more. We need to pray more. We need to give more, and we need to go more. And with that challenge, God is saying that is walking in the truth. We can be fellow workers in the truth just by holding the rope for them back home. Would you do that with me? Would you, would you commit to pray on a daily basis for them? Will you commit to encourage them by writing them letters, by getting on Facebook, whatever way you can get in touch with them, emails, texts, whatever. Make sure that you're constantly staying in touch with them. Maybe you're sitting there today and maybe it's your, your calling right here to start a ministry for our mission partners. To say, I'm just gonna send them a note every once in a while birthdays, anniversaries, just those times where we know it's going to be hardest to be away. Maybe God's calling you to do that, to be a Gaius, to support those that go out for the sake of the name and to be a fellow worker of the truth. Would you commit to that today? Would you make that commitment? I challenge you to think of that. What does it look for you? What does it look like for your life to hold the rope for these partners that go out? Would you pray with me? God, thank you. Thank you that your son, Jesus Christ, made a way for us. Lord, I thank you for those that have committed and those that have 
sacrificed to go. Those that have made it their life mission to take the gospel to hard places. Hard places that you don't wake up with the comforts of the states. Church under the mango tree. Church in another language. I thank you for those that are willing to go. But God, I pray that, that we would not forget the responsibility that we have here back home to support those in the work. Lord, the opportunities that we have, Father, to pray, to give, and to go, Father, I pray that you would help us and challenge us to do more, to see your name glorified, not only in our community, but in the world around us. To see people that have never heard the gospel hear the name of Jesus for the first time. God, that every dollar I give would go to that mission. Lord, I thank you for the Lawsons. I thank you for the Burdettes. I thank you for the Mangrams and the Lissettos. I thank you for the willingness to do the work of God. Lord, I thank you too for a church that loves the work of God. I thank you for a church family that sees the importance and, and the need. I thank you for a church that does not just sit, but goes. Thank you for a pastor who, who desires to see people know Jesus Christ. And not just here around us. But with other languages, all the tribes. Father, we pray that you would use us. And this year, in 2018, God, I pray that you would use all of our efforts. As we walk in the truth. As we take the gospel the places closest to us and the places farthest. God, we thank you for that opportunity. Lord, I pray that if anyone this morning, anyone this morning doesn't know you, God, for your name's sake, Lord, I pray, God, this morning they would respond to you. God, I pray those that, that need to be challenged to say, I'll pray for them. Pray for the missionaries. I'll pray for the lost, God. Lord, would you challenge us today? Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you do in our lives and in the works around us, God. We give you the glory. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.